0: Hey everyone, welcome or welcome back to the Brave Church Podcast, and thanks for listening. At the end of this talk, please take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook or Instagram, where you can get even more connected to what's going on in our community. But most importantly, we hope the following talk inspires you to take your next step in finding or following Jesus. Man, it is good to be back with adults. Other adults. Um, if you don't know, my name is Samuel. I'm one of the pastors here. My dad and I um, co-pastor the church together. And uh, so, But I've been out for the last few weeks because we just had our first child. And so our daughter um, Mia was born, and we're really excited. In fact, um, uh, well, before I, before I go there, I got a photo. So um, that'll be cool. But before I lose all of your attention, um, I've been following along on the YouTube channel, and it's been so cool just staying connected with what's happening here in that way, because you know, normally I'm either teaching or listening to it three times. So I've never really, I'm going to be honest, I've never watched the YouTube. And uh, But it's been really great just staying connected. It seems like you guys have had an awesome couple weeks here. And my grandma was over the other night to meet Mia, and she asked me to help her subscribe to the YouTube channel. So grandma subscribed, you should subscribe too. OK, but here's a photo check this out. This is our daughter. Isn't she cute? Yeah, so I, I've never been so full of love and so deficient on sleep at the same time. In fact, last night, Marcy, she was like, hey, my wife Marcy, she was like, hey, why don't you sleep on the couch tonight? And I'll, I'll take care of me because I know you need to get some rest, you know, because you, you got some stuff to do tomorrow. And I still didn't sleep all night. I'm just used to it now. And, and I was so excited to be with you guys. So it's great. If you're a guest with us, we're glad you're here. The last few uh, months, since the start of the year, we have been in a series called The Word of God. Who's enjoyed The Word of God series? Isn't it great? We have just been going after some questions like a brave church should. Like, what, how do we get the Bible? Can we trust it? Last week, what do you do when you disagree with God's word? And so it's been an incredible series, but I was praying this week, and I felt led to go in a different direction for these next few weeks, and so we're we're transitioning into a different topic. We're going to be talking about communicating with God, communicating with God today on hearing God, next week on talking to God, because communication is essential, for any good relationship. In fact, I want to ask you a question. Uh, rate yourself in your, in your mind. Just think about this. Rate yourself. How would you rate your communication with God? Like 1 to 10. Where, where do you land in communicating with God? In fact, a uh, quick show of hands, if you have ever felt like you heard God, like you've you've heard God, you've experienced, OK, amazing, like hands all over the room, right? Not every hand, but that's saying something that in a room this size, this many people that most of the people in this room feel like they have heard God. They've connected with their creator. I mean, this is incredible. I wonder how many of you feel like you hear God on like a monthly basis or like every other month or maybe on a weekly basis or or maybe even on a daily basis. And so my hope for all of us here in this room, and my, my hope and I believe God's goal is he wants relationship with us and he wants to communicate with us every single day. That is possible. God wants to talk to us. And I think that a lot of us are probably hearing him even more often than we realize. During the, the first gathering, uh, for the first time ever, this has never happened. But right at this point, my iPad went off. A notification, and it said software update. And I don't know how that happens, because I had it on airplane mode. Like, seriously. Um, but. It just reminded me, you know, software updates, right? Like sometimes in our relationship with God, we enter a season where God God really wants an upgrade for us. And I think in this area of hearing God, no matter where you're at, there is always an upgrade. There's always more that God wants for you when it comes to hearing his voice, following him, being guided and directed by him. And so that's what we're going to do these next few weeks. I want to begin just by sharing a little bit of my background when it comes to hearing God, Okay. Um, My wife and I have completely different backgrounds. Like She started following Jesus here at Brave about five years ago. And I've been following Jesus since I can remember, since I was really young. But what was really interesting to me is some of the things that really frustrated me when I was in high school, when it came to hearing God, and just some of the things that confused me were the same things that frustrated and confused her when she was new to faith. Um, I remember in high school hearing people say, man, God's led me to do this. Or he he spoke to me and he told me this. And I just remember thinking, really? God told you to do that? No, but sometimes it was like, what's going on here? But then other times it was like someone I respected and 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 I just found myself going, if God's speaking to you like that, why doesn't he speak to me like that? And that was the big tension. That was the big frustration is it's like if some people they so casually hear from God all the time. But why didn't I feel like I was having that experience? And you know that's one of the reasons to be honest. I don't know if you've noticed if you've been coming here any length of time, you've probably noticed that we don't just use these kind of churchy religious phrases when we talk about our relationship with God. Because he's a person. And sometimes the way people talk about hearing God or the way they talk about their experience can make you feel like you're further from God or disconnected, and there's no reason to do that. And so we try to not just repeat things that we've heard, but speak about God the way we're experiencing him in the way that we, that we normally would in everyday life. And so anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm in high school, and I've got this, this tension, and I'm praying to God. Like, I remember I was praying to God that this girl would want to date me And then she gets back together with her ex. And then I remember praying that I would win this race in a track meet. And then I got injured. And I remember praying and using the most spiritually sounding words, spiritually sounding phrases and words that I could think of. But I just felt more like I was faking it than I was getting God's attention. And so maybe you've been there. Maybe you know what it's like to feel frustrated. And so the first thing that I needed to know, and the foundation to understanding communication with God and what this looks like, what I want to start with today is that the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ made a way for everyone to know God personally. Everyone has an opportunity to know God. John 14 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Then a little further down in verse 10, it says, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. See, God, he doesn't just want to talk to you. He was willing to pay a great price so that we can have communication with him. And so talking to God, it's, it's amazing because it's like being part of a family. God's building a family and God is the father. And, and a lot of times in our relationship with God, our starting point to how we view God and approaching God has to do with our experience with our earthly fathers. And so maybe you had a good experience with your dad and your starting point to God was you just kind of associated a lot of good things with him. Maybe you had a bad experience or maybe your father was absent. And so it's really important that everyone in this room, I just want you to know how much God loves you regardless of your view of how you've kind of seen God, and that getting to know God is an equal opportunity thing. Like maybe you had to fight for your dad's attention. You had siblings, and it was like everybody wanted dad's attention, and only one person was his favorite, right? God doesn't have any favorites. Everyone is God's favorite. And so I love that he is so accessible that we don't have to play our cards right or just do everything perfect to get God's attention, for him to hear us. He listens. And so the first thing we need to know about communicating with God is that Jesus made this possible. Jesus made it possible for everyone, and God wants you to hear him. He actually, he doesn't want it to be hard for you to hear his voice. So no matter who you are, where you come from, what you've done or what you haven't done, God wants to communicate with you, and Jesus has made that possible. Now, this is an incredible age that we live in, because you might not know this, but it wasn't always possible to to conversationally and casually communicate with God. Um, In ancient times, God's spirit dwelled in a temple, and only the priests could connect with God. And God only spoke specifically to prophets and people that he appointed. There was a chosen few that God spoke through, and then he spoke to everyone else. And I think sometimes this is the, the problem we run into in church and in large gatherings is we've got a preacher, and if we're not careful, we can think that God's only speaking through him. But God, God wants to speak to you way more throughout your week than he speaks to you through, through whoever's teaching on this platform. And so God is speaking, and because of the death of Jesus and his resurrection, the Bible says the veil of the temple was torn. The spirit of God is no longer confined to this temple. Now the moment you decide to follow Jesus, the spirit of God is in you. And God wants to speak to you. He wants to guide you. He wants to direct your life. So some of you here today, maybe you experienced God for the first time here at Brave, or you're still on a journey. In the last few months, 40 people have decided to follow Jesus. And so, so we're pumped for Baptism Sunday. March 3rd is going to be a celebration. It's a declaration. Someone was asking me if they can be baptized um, privately. And you know, there's not a wrong way to baptize someone. But I just I love the big celebration, because you know what? It is, it is a public moment to tell people that this is where your life is going. There's a sense of accountability to it, that you are now marked as a follower of Jesus. And so we're going to come together on March 3rd, and we're going to celebrate. And it's going to be a big moment. But for others, you're here, and you're still exploring faith. And you know, we just talked about the Alpha Course and, and really, it's not just for people who are exploring faith, but if you've wrestled with questions, if you're asking those big questions, the meaning of life, here's the thing. A lot of people, they come to know Jesus either because they're raised in church and, the, and their parents guide them into this relationship with God, and that doesn't make it less meaningful, but it may not have resulted in answering some of the questions that you would have wrestled with later in life. And then for other people, they come to faith because of a radical experience with God, and, and they're at a place of desperation, and so they find God because of what he can do for them. And that's not wrong either. But for all of us, there's going to come times in our life, in our relationship with God, where, where our faith cannot grow until we go after some of these questions that are creating doubt. And so that's what Alpha is all about. I want to encourage you, that's one of the, the best classes you can go to if, if, if that's where you're at, if that's where your faith is at. And so a lot of us, I think, hear from God more than we realize, but we need to, uh, we need to learn to tune in. And so that's what these next few weeks are going to be about. Before we go any further, I just want to pray for all of us. If you'll bow your heads, I want to pray that God would speak to us. I want to pray against any distractions. God, I pray for every person in this room as we are gathered together in this, in this large gathering. But I pray that though it's a large gathering, that we would become aware of your presence, and that we would sense you personally. God, I pray that you would speak to each of us in a way that only you can about things that you want us to to know, and that maybe some need to be reminded of how much you love them, but others, maybe you want to speak into their lives, and you want to show them something about their relationship with you. So God, we just pray against any distractions or anything that might take the focus away from hearing you as we tune in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, today, I can't possibly cover everything on, on hearing God, but I want to share with you three things that have probably had the biggest impact on my communication with God. And uh, it's going to be... Um, uh, it's going to be uh, really just stuff from the heart. I've had a lot of time and on these sleepless nights to talk to God and to hear from him. And so it's stuff that I, that's just really stood out to me this week. But I also just want to encourage you, if you hear something that, that you agree with, like we're not in a library, and so you can make some noise. You can say, amen, I agree. Amen means I agree. So if you're in agreement with something, this is an interactive thing. And it just, it just really encourages me when I know that you guys are listening. So Um, It's not just just me up here. Amen. Here we go. Here we go. So number one, getting God's attention often starts with going his direction. Now, if that doesn't get an amen, Amen. all right, getting God's attention often starts with going his direction. Um, Who doesn't want God's attention? Who doesn't want God's favor? Maybe you've heard this term, the favor of God, the, the extra support of God. 2 Chronicles 16.9 has been a life verse for me since I was young. Um, I've just always resonated with it. It says this in the King James Version. It says, for the eyes of the Lord search to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose hearts are fully his. God is searching for people who will fully determine their hearts to be his. And when you fully commit your heart to God, You stand out. But what's cool about this is you don't just stand out to others because things start to look a little different in your life. You actually stand out to God. How cool is that? You get God's attention in a distinct way because God finds you to be someone that he can strongly support. Now, this doesn't mean that you've been awarded a genie, and he's going to grant you some wishes. Um, Giving your heart to God, it's kind of like this. Um, For the last few years, I've been getting into photography, and I really enjoy it as a hobby. But I, I just think it's amazing what we can now capture with our phones. I mean, we have our phones with us all the time, right? And now, they're a tool to capturing memories and moments. In fact, I was sitting on the couch the other day, and and taking photos and videos of, of my daughter. And then I was thinking, I have a really nice camera in the other room. Why do I never use this? But anyways, I'm, I'm on my, we're on our phones all the time, and it's is an incredible tool. But what a lot of us do when we take photos is we filter them, right? We, we throw a filter. In fact, some of these can be really silly and really fun, like in, in some of the apps that we post to. Uh, for example, here's an example. You can put dog ears on yourself, um, like this guy. And then you can be a cat. Um, I hate cats. And (laughs) I don't know these people, by the way. I just found them on Google Images, so it's okay to make fun a little bit. But you can be silly with them. You can have fun. But you can also be creative and and artistic. And a lot of us, you know, raise your hand if you have, like, a go-to filter when you're you're editing photos. Anybody? Okay, I'm nerding out right now, but just hang with me. (laughs) Following Jesus is a lot like this because it's a filter that you apply to your life. And it's not based on your individual style or your preferences or your sense of humor. No matter who we are or where we're starting from, as we apply the God filter to our lives, it changes how things look. The image of who we are is, is with, with no filter, you know, our starting point. But as we apply this God filter to our lives, we actually start to look and sound and talk and think more like Jesus. And it's visible to those around us. And that's God's goal for us. I think sometimes the, the biggest thing that stands in our way is this false love that we start off with for ourselves. You know, we, we, we tend to like who we are a little too much. And it's not the real us. It's not the us that God created us to be in his image. See, we apply, when we apply the God filter to our lives and we let him start speaking to us, and it creates some changes in us, it can almost feel like you're losing your identity because you are because you're trading it in for a new one. Our culture, it, it praises individuality and personal expression. We are obsessed with ourselves. And personality tests, they're not, they're not wrong. I love them. I took the Enneagram a few months ago. And for like two weeks straight, everyone I talked to, I wanted them to take it because I was just so into figuring out more about my friends. It's a tool for self-discovery. Self-discovery, self-awareness is a really important part of our personal growth. but. Let's get something straight here, okay? Let's remember something. For followers of Jesus, the greatest personality is his. And as we filter our lives to him, we don't become more like ourselves. We become more like Jesus. So the ultimate goal isn't to be more like you. It's to be like him. And when we walk in God's direction, he speaks to us. And he starts to change some stuff. And the end result is that we become more like him. So the greatest compliment that someone could pay me isn't, man, I had so much fun with Samuel. He's so awesome. He's so kind. It's no, I actually felt kind of like I was with Jesus. And nobody says that, but that's that's what we want people to feel. We want them to sense something different because it's the presence of God in our lives, so as we apply this filter, this God filter, we become less concerned with celebrating who we are and more with changing to be like Jesus. It's a whole new way of seeing life. It's going in God's direction. Um, God looks for this kind of person, and he says, wow, I can work with this. I can do some great things. I can accomplish a lot through your life because you're going in the direction that I'm going, and you're carrying more and more about the things that I care about. Uh, I want to illustrate this in a different way. Uh, but I need a volunteer, OK? Someone brave, uh, preferably a guy. Joel, I'll take it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I did ask Joel, just in case no one volunteered. <laughs> but, but he has no clue what we're about to do. OK, so Joel, you can just stand right here. So Joel, he represents all of us, OK? And I represent God. Sorry. Uh, and Joel, this is hypothetical, okay? Joel wants to hear from God, and he's, he's praying, and he's talking to God, and he's asking God for a wife. Now, Joel's married, okay? This is hypothetical. But he's asking God for a wife. But at the same time that he's asking God for, for his favor and his blessing and to give him a wife, he's not ready to commit to one woman. And so, Joel, take a few steps over there. So you're taking a few steps in that direction, but you want, don't go too far, because we've got a few more. <laughs> but you're right here. But God's right here. And he wants to take Joel in this direction, OK? And so then Joel, he's also praying. He's asking God for help with his career, for promotion, for, for God's favor in his career. But he's also doing some kind of shady things. He's kind of unethical. And he's kind of cutting some corners that he really shouldn't be cutting. And it doesn't honor God. And so Joel, you just take a few more steps that way. And then Joel also, he really wants to hear from God, so he's praying, but he's also trying out some other gods too. And so he's, he's praying to, to these different gods, and so now he's just really confused because he doesn't know which god is responding, right? So Joel, you're basically off the stage now. Thank you very much. Sometimes we want God's favor, and we want to hear from God but God is waiting for us to give him our hearts. Now hear me, my my intention with this is not to make anyone feel bad or feel judged, okay? But God is looking for people who aren't perfect. They're not not always patient, always kind, always honest, um, never angry. But but God, he he is looking for people who have given him their hearts to such a degree that even when they make mistakes, they want to come right back to him. King David is a great example of this because he was described as a man after God's own heart. Now, he stole a guy's wife, he slept with her, he got her pregnant, then he killed the guy to cover it up. He made some big mistakes. He was far from perfect, but even when he made big mistakes, he returned to God and he went back towards God's direction. Um, God did amazing things through the life of King David. Here's a few things that God did. Um, He succeeded in every military endeavor, all of his military endeavors. He set blueprints with divine inspiration to build God's temple, the first temple. He collected all the materials that would be used to build the temple. And Jesus came from the bloodline of David, Jesus himself. But just like uh, Abraham was a great example of faith, David's life is a great example of repentance, So you can't be a great example of repentance. Repentance means to to turn directions. You can't be a great example of turning directions without a history of going the wrong direction. So I love that David's greatest illustration is birthed in his failures. So when you start going God's direction, um, even if you've veered off the path, gone the wrong way, started in the opposite direction, the moment you turn back, God notices. And he welcomes you, and he meets you there with his grace. So following Jesus attracts God's favor, and if you want to hear God and experience more of his support in your life, I want to encourage you, ask yourself this question. Ask God this question in your, in your prayers this week. Ask, am I going in your direction, God? And the moment that you have a thought or something pops into your head that you think might not be in God's direction, don't doubt it, because that's God. God. He's speaking to you, and he wants to help you. See, remember, God doesn't want it to be hard for you to hear him. So number one, getting God's attention often starts with going his direction. And number two, tuning into God's voice happens by action, not by accident. By action, not by accident. Um, there's a phrase in the Bible that says, whoever has ears, let them hear. And Jesus, he repeated this phrase six times in the Gospels and eight times in Revelation. Revelation it sounds so simple, right? Whoever has ears, let them hear. But have you noticed how few people really listen, really tune into what you're saying? I felt really convicted this week because I was getting frustrated with a friend. Every time I hang out with this friend, all they do is talk, and I I, I never get to say anything. But then I, I felt really convicted about it because I was like, am I like that with God? Maybe I'm doing all the talking, But God's going, hey, I actually want you to to actively tune in and listen so that you can hear me. When Jesus said, whoever has ears, let them hear the Jewish audience, they would have heard this through the lens of Psalm 40, verse 6. Check this out. It says, "My, my ears, you have opened. The Hebrew word for opened is archaeological, meaning to excavate, to dig through dense material. And I believe that this is the way that we listen to God is, is with our thoughts, is tuning in. It takes work, but tuning in to the thoughts, the inner voice in our, in our minds. The word for open, it can also be translated to pierce. And so this has actually led a lot of biblical s- scholars to, uh, they, they believe that this psalm was thinking of an ancient ritual involving Hebrew slaves. So a Hebrew slave, they, they would serve for six years, and on the seventh year, they'd be set free. But if they loved their master, and it was a good gig, and they wanted to keep going, they could actually commit their life to this role. And so what this involved is this this ritual where their ear would be pierced. And scripture says, it says, he shall take him to the door of the doorpost and pierce his ear with an awl, and then he will be your servant for life. And so the, the New Testament uses this as a reference, this imagery, this idea of piercing your ear as a slave to Christ, to committing your life to him all throughout. And so my question today is, has your spiritual ear been pierced? Is the inner ear of your mind more concerned with hearing God? Is the still small voice of God the loudest voice in your life? The Latin word for obey is obedir. It means to give ear. And obedience, it starts with this idea of a pierced ear. To prioritize differently, to listen differently, to tune into God's frequency and turn up the volume and actively turn down the volume of the competing voices. It's obeying his whispers, even if a thousand voices are screaming something different. A Spanish philosopher, he once said, Tell me to what you pay attention, and I'll tell you who you are. Eventually, you'll be shaped into the image of the voice you listen to the most. And genuine listening really is an act of submission. Um, If you've ever been, if you're married and, and you've ever gotten into a fight with your spouse, maybe you know what it's like to get really heated to the point where you feel physically hot. Is this just me? Okay, Never happens. And then you start raising your voice and you get louder. Let me ask Has that ever helped anybody? Anybody? Just yelling? No? Okay. I'd like to say I never do, but it happens sometimes and you don't even realize. I mean, I'm raising my voice right now. When I get passionate, I just get louder. But it doesn't help. The truth is, you can be right even when you're angry, but raising your voice. has never helped anyone, okay? The solution isn't getting louder. It's not talking more. It's not even the right words. It's listening. If you want to hear the voice of God more in your life, talk less, listen more, and tune in. One of the ways that we submit to God is by genuinely, thoughtfully, and patiently listening. Maybe some of you here today You're hearing this, and you can check all the boxes. You've decided to follow Jesus. You believe God wants to talk to you. You're headed in the right direction. You're praying. You're listening. You're tuning in. But maybe you're still not hearing. There could be something that God has promised you, and it's really frustrating because he hasn't delivered yet. You're like, what's going on? Maybe you're seeking direction, and you feel confused, and you're still not sure which way to go. Maybe you haven't gotten the answer that you've been hoping for. Some of these challenges we're going to address next week. But what I want to leave you with today, and this is a really simple truth, but it's one of the most important and even most spiritually maturing things that we can grab hold of. And it's this. Number three, waiting on God is never wasted time. Lamentations 3.25, it says, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. See, sometimes... There is nothing more we can do but wait. And that is not very encouraging. That's a bummer, right? Like, I'm a very action-oriented person. I can be really intense. And so I don't like to wait. I would love for God to just tell me what to do so I can go do it. Because waiting, waiting means that I actually have to trust him more. Waiting means that I have to completely trust him with the outcome, and I don't get to do anything about it. When we wait, we're telling God, I trust you. I believe you have my best in mind. I believe that you are good. I don't just sing about it, but I'm willing to wait on you. Look what Psalm 37 7, it says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. If we're honest, sometimes doing things God's way can feel foolish when we're looking around us. Because people around us that aren't following Jesus, they still get results too. They might be further along. It might it might look more like God's blessing them and you're you're wondering why they're not they're not waiting on you. They don't love you. They're not doing the right things. They're not living according to your word. What's up with that? But the Psalmist here he's saying, "Hey, don't be fooled." because it won't end well for them. Let's look at one more psalm. I love this one, Psalm 131 too. It says, but I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. I love this picture. It's so beautiful, like a weaned child. Our daughter, she only cried like three times the first two weeks. She, did, she, she was so good, and don't be jealous. She was so good that we were like, maybe she should be crying more. This is weird. But then last week, she made up for it. (laughs) But there's one time of day that she is always so peaceful. It's right after she's eaten, when she's weaned. And that's the kind of experience God is inviting us to have, the kind of peace of a weaned child as we wait on him, as we are still. So as we close, we're going to go into this time of worship. And I want you to think of this as a time to quiet your soul, to be still. And if you're watching online or listening in, do this after you're done. After you're done listening, put on some worship music. Listen in. Remember that God is good and that even in our time of waiting, it is never wasted. So what do you need to hear from God today? I don't know what it is. we're all coming with different, different needs at different places. Maybe some of you, you came in today, and you're like, hey, I don't need anything. Life is good. Maybe God wants to remind you why it's so good. Maybe God wants to hit you with his faithfulness this morning. But for others, whatever, wherever you're at, whatever you're seeking, we don't have to wait for a seek night. We can do it right now. OK, so we're going to seek God. We're going to be still. You can stay seated, you can stand, you can sing, or you can be quiet, but this is going to be a time together where it's just you and God. Let's be still in this moment, and let's hear from Him. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Bay Area, we would love for you to join us at a Sunday gathering in San Ramon. For directions, gathering times, or information about our Brave Kids program, visit us at brave.church. Also, if you want to help support what God is doing through Brave, you can give online to the Brave Foundation at brave.church forward slash foundation.